everybody, and welcome back to Butter With That, a podcast where some friends from Philly get together to discuss movie to discuss movies. <laughs> Sometimes we Sometimes they're disgusting, though, yeah. Um, over the past month, uh, as those of you who have been joining us know, uh, we've been discussing action movies and some of our favorites, uh, some of the ones that have given us a lot to ponder, uh, what we think about action movies in general. Um, and of course, we want to get back to that with uh, today's episode to round out that month's theme. But before we get into that, uh, we're just going to take the temperature of the room, touch base, and see how uh, everybody's doing and what everybody's seen recently. I saw a movie that was on my list for a while, and that movie was Midsummer. Ah. Oh, yeah. Finally saw it for the first time. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Super um, good. Loved the... I know we talked about the cinematography in our awards episode. Uh, Florence Pugh, I'm like hopping on that Pugh train, getting ready to ride it all the way to <laughs> Stardom. <laughs> um, I thought Midsummer was great. I want to do a hereditary Midsummer double feature to kind of get a sense of both of them. That's just <laughs> ruin your Damn. day. Yeah, <laughs> I'm ready for it. Have you seen Hereditary? Yeah. Okay. Uh, at this point, I think I liked Hereditary a little more, but they're two very different movies. I think I liked Midsummer more. But... Second watch, which I just did this week as well. <clears throat> I have to give it to I have to give it to Midsummer between the two, but it's it's close. Um, but uh, yeah, I need to rewatch both though. Mm-hmm. I saw the director's cut though of uh, uh, Midsummer when I, I saw really it. I really want to see the director's cut, which is like cut. a good deal. Is it like, different? It's a good deal more serious. Like it's just, it's the same length, but there are like extended shots or like takes that are um, that you're allowed to sit with a little longer than you would in uh, in the theatrical cut, and not really particularly moments of violence, but like moments of like emotional stress. So I found the uh, theatrical cut, which is the one I just watched as a rewatch, to be a good deal, like, more comical in a way. Mm. Not that it's, like, too overpronounced, but. <clears throat> I had some laugh moments. Yeah. Yeah. Watching it in theaters where everyone, I think, was in such an intense state of, like, horror and panic that everyone's <laughs> reflexive response was just to be laughing in the theater. Someone tried to get up five minutes before the movie ended what? and I was what? just like, I wish I had the power to snap your neck because I'm so <laughs> fucking mad at you right now. To put it in a bear them. suit, man. Oh, oh. Damn. That's something put I want to do. Put that dude in a bear do. suit. Yeah. Ooh. That was funny. I, I want to do like analysis on people who like get up during the movie who like open loudly like little bags of chips or gummies like what is wrong with you <laughs> yeah agreed mm-hmm. uh, and the second movie I saw was on Disney Plus and it was Freaky Friday with Jamie Lee Curtis oh, yes. I saw that you watched that was that your first time it was I probably saw it when I was like a kid oh interesting uh, when it probably first year or two it came out um, we just kind of threw it on just for fun, and that movie is hilarious. Pretty much every scene has, like, a classic yeah. one-liner. Um, it's a really well-paced movie, um, and there's just something great and, like, theatrical about actors playing other actors as them. Like, just that conceit of Jamie Lee Curtis playing Lindsay Lohan being, like, the mom. Like, that's just hilarious. Um, I love that movie so much. Yeah. And directed by Mark Waters, who a few years later would direct Mean Girls. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so highly recommend. There's a few elements that don't quite hold up as well, like ancient Chinese magic doing the switcheroo. Oh shit! On them. Yeah. Um. Yikes. Yeah, but still highly recommend, and it's on Disney Plus, and I laughed pretty much the entire time. Hmm. 
Um, I think I also have two that I want to mention, one of which, uh, well, both it was my first time seeing, but the first one was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, which I had never seen before, but I watched the cartoon when I was younger. Um, and Garrett loves it. Like, he has the vinyl. So, like, I've listened to the soundtrack to this many times, <laughs> but I've yet to see the movie, so it was very interesting. It was super good. I liked it a lot. Like, when I'm an adult actually thinking about the premise for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it's fucking insane. And there's a reason why you should never actually try to think about what's happening. They love pizza. They love pizza, but like there's actually a backstory to how they became Ninja Turtles and stuff. And I was like, oh my God, what's happening? But it's it was very entertaining. I liked it a lot. And then the second thing I watched was uh psycho three um because we are watching the psycho series slowly um and psycho three was actually directed by anthony perkins um who is of course playing norman once again and um it's not as good as the first two but it's still very good and like really crazy it has this like really incoherent saxophone music throughout a lot of it that's like totally weird um but like anthony perkins is just really good at playing norman bates and even though the movies are weird and take place like years and years later like him falling into that role over and over again is like really cool to watch he's so good um but yeah the movie's really crazy i didn't know that there was a series of psychos there are four of them oh wow yes so um but two was actually very very good and three was still pretty decent like which is pretty weird Hmm. but yeah um speaking of kind of horror thriller um i was wanting to watch a stephen king movie uh and i watched the movie version of the dead zone uh which is david cronenberg yep and it was i was like oh i'm ready for like some like in intense visual like i was like all right Mm. cronenberg's gonna like take me there it was actually kind of a low-key movie um as far as it was kind of a slow but really well done Mm -hmm. um that's what i've heard because he did directed that after he directed videodrome and uh, videodrome did not get a good reception and he was like kind of heartbroken by it and then just did the dead zone and that was his first like adapted material i heard it's not like like your typical Cronenberg kind of movie. Um, it's pretty like repressed sexually in a lot of ways too. Like he has a whole interview that's really good about it. I'd love to watch. Yeah. I mean, a, a young Christopher Walken. Yeah. He's really, really Martin good Sheen? in it. Martin Sheen too? plays this shady politician. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a great watch. I recommend, yeah. I recommend uh, the movie. Um, I watched... Also two things. So I'm just crawling out of the hole of being sick and I couldn't sleep. So I just like started binge watching Shameless and I'm in season four. I'm like mid season four. I literally started this maybe a week and a half ago. So like that's how Mm. little sleep I've gotten. Um, But everything's fine. I'm all right. Uh, Anyway, it is it's a fine show. But at this point, I'm just like invested in certain characters. Something that like weird that happens is like when you get really invested in one character and you're like, why did this happen? And like this character kind of sucks but like i also really love them how does that happen why does that happen anyway um i also compelling characters i think i also like the actor a little bit and the character's kind of funny but anyway um i also watched the docuseries don't fuck with cats on netflix um it is a fucking wild ride 
Why um, does that sound familiar? It is three episodes. The first episode is kind of challenging to watch if you're someone who loves cats or likes animals or just is a decent human being um, because essentially what this docuseries is about is this one, like, fucked up guy. Um, his name is Luca. It's not his real name, but Luca. Um, he posts videos online of him, like, torturing and murdering cats. And then these people, these online sleuths, find him in these videos, and they're like, oh, we're gonna fucking find this guy, and we're gonna send the videos to the police or whatever. And they do! And it is fucking wild! They, like, spend four hours looking at uh, like at doorknobs from Prague and it is just like very intense work it mm. makes me worry about these people but eventually this man also films him killing someone what and then they post it online it is fucked up so he goes from cats to like killing yeah straight up which they try to warn the police about but the police don't really listen and so uh-huh. it's like interesting but like don't they catch the guy within like 12 hours of him committing that crime <laughs> I think it's almost a week later, but like still, still, that was quickly mm-hmm. in comparison. Um, yikes. It, yeah, yikes. All this is crazy. But what's, what else is weird is the stuff that they didn't talk about in the docuseries. Before it ended, I was like searching this dude on <laughs> online and I found an article that was like, cannibal eats ex-boyfriend blah 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 gets married in prison he like posted a personal ad in like the canadian prison a wild ride start to finish wow and it's edited so perfectly we're like well i have to watch the next episode yeah you're just like fuck it is three hours it's like like animal stuff is really hard for me so that makes me not want to watch it but the rest of it is like all the things you would just, want out of true crime. Just, just, <laughs> just one of these. Just cover the and eyes. And it's really just the first episode. That's mm. yeah. The the advertisement for it on Netflix does not suggest that it's a true crime docu series. I thought it was like a rom com teen movie. Like, don't huh. fuck with cats. Like, the end of the fucking world. Like, <laughs> we're gonna fucking. You know, like all of that. It definitely looks like it's marketed as like a teen, at least in my view, like no, a teen movie. I agree. Okay, not a teen movie. <laughs> definitely not. One of the online sleuths goes, uh, rule zero, don't fuck with cats. True. Mm, mm, mm. True. Hmm. Well. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Speaking of <laughs> not fucking with cats. One. No meaningful segue out of that one, but... Um, <clears throat> but uh, thanks for yeah, thanks for diving into some of the stuff that you guys have been absorbing and watching and reporting back. Um, I suppose I haven't been watching too much, but I do have uh, to report on, and uh, I think uh, we all have some thoughts on it. Um, the movie that's rounding out our uh, action theme for this month, uh, that would be my choice for that theme, and that, of course, to me is kind of the ultimate action movie. That would be uh, Mark Lester's uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger vehicle, 1985's Commando. I love this movie quite a bit, but as I understand it, I believe this is everyone's first time seeing this. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay. So yeah, I don't have uh, I don't have much of a structure for this one, uh, nor does this film. So I would like to just kind of like dive in and, uh, and and really kind of see what everyone thinks. Before we get into that, I'll provide a brief uh, plot synopsis for those who um, who have not yet been initiated. Um, but it's um yeah it's a it's a fairly straightforward movie. It's a movie in which uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger plays a man named John Matrix. Um, of course <laughs> who um, is kind of a uh, retired uh, mercenary in effect uh, who used to be part of this team of uh, commandos at the behest and hiring of the US government for covert missions or uh, proxy wars things like that these uh, 
he's a uh, high kill count, highly dangerous, and uh, and undercover missions. Um, <clears throat> his team has been uh, recently being bumped off one by one mysteriously. Um, so John knows that uh, he's under threat, and so is his daughter uh, Jenny, who uh, he's uh, in his retirement is is hanging out with and uh, you know frolicking in in the wilderness with, eating ice cream with, feeding deer with mm. in the opening moments of the movie. Played um, by Alyssa Milano. Played by a young Alyssa Milano. Milano. Yep. So good. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, uh, you know, he hears of these uh, these recent slayings of his uh, his former comrades through uh, an army chief that reports to him and tells him basically this is going on and to keep an eye out. Shortly after that, Jenny is kidnapped, um, and John is uh, confronted with his blackmail scenario where, uh, all right, we have your daughter Jenny, unless you're going to play along and go to Valverde, a fictional uh, South American country to uh, overthrow their dictator, uh, then Jenny will die. And you have, I think it's an 11-hour flight to get there and to get to work on it. Um, So rather than do that, he boards the plane with the guy keeping an eye on him, quickly kills him, jumps out of an airplane, um, and then sets his watch and gets to work. And instead of uh, going on uh, the the movie that we've been set up on, it's instead just a romp where uh, Arnold, with the help of, um, of, uh, I believe, a uh, flight attendant is her job, working to become a pilot yeah she knows a lot about planes that's right and yeah Yeah. she's uh yeah she uh she basically uh comes to his aid that uh yes yes cindy played by uh ray don chong uh daughter of uh tommy chong huh which is also interesting did not know that Uh interesting i think this may have been her first her first big movie i don't recall but she signed on knowing that it was an arnold vehicle and that you know that would kind of skyrocket it uh at any rate the two of them uh go on this journey to uh to dispatch the different henchmen and each time gain a little bit more insight into where jenny might be being held captive uh until finally they arrive at the uh the island where uh where dan hedea and um and uh Vernon Wells, uh, one of his former teammates and uh, a guy who's pretty much turned on him, a character named Bennett, uh, are awaiting him. Uh, he dispatches an entire army by hand himself, um, defeats Can't Bennett wait. and Dan Hedea's character, and uh, ultimately rescues Jenny in that. Uh, that's pretty much Commando. There are a lot of just action set pieces for us to bounce in and out of and a lot of things for us to discuss. So opening it up to the group. First time seeing it, what did you guys think? what I thought this movie was going to be versus what it was are opposite ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. I And I and the, the thing is, I can't even tell you what I thought it was going to be, but it wasn't that. <laughs> I thought it was going to be some kind of like Rambo clone. Sure. Yeah, like yeah like I think I thought that too. misadventure. For sure thought it was taking place in the jungle. Because, yeah. because I think that like, skills from the movie that stick out in my brain even though I hadn't seen it but like things was when he's painted in camouflage yeah yeah. Yeah. because why would you be painted in camouflage anywhere but the jungle so yeah (laughs) I think I also thought it was not set in like most of Los Angeles mall (laughs) Um, yeah, it was Garrett and I, both of us, our first time watching this movie. And, like, when we both have movies for the podcast, we have to, like, plan out what our week looks like and when we can watch movies. And so we were trying to figure out, because Garrett wanted to watch Edge of Tomorrow with me, because he really wanted to rewatch it, because he bought it recently. And then, also, we were like, oh, but we've never seen Commando. And he was like, I don't know, Commando's, like 
kind of probably like an early like not so great arnold movie like i'll watch <laughs> edge of tomorrow with you and then like hopefully we'll be able to do commando and then we watched commando at six in the morning and holy shit like <laughs> both of us like fucking loved it and gary was like i can't believe i wasn't gonna watch this movie with you and i was like i don't know if it's because it's six in the morning or not but is this the greatest movie i've ever seen because i think it might be i fucking loved this movie i'll tell you it's not a 6 a.m i watched it at like 3 p.m and i was like am i is this do i love this movie (laughs) i was like amped the rest of the day too i was like fuck whatever comes my way i'm dealing with it who needs coffee when you have commando it's true best part of waking up Schwarzenegger in your cup. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny Matrix in your cup. Uh. Uh, I think my favorite part of the movie was the end, uh, like the final scene where he gets on uh, as um, his what Carly was or um, who what uh, Cindy Cindy, Cindy. Uh, as and what? Cindy is they get on this like propeller boat plane. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, it's like this is a canoe with wings. Uh, once they get on like the the boat and they land on the island, he like suits up, grenades, claymores, rocket launcher. It's like, "Oh, this is like a Call of Duty movie." It's like, like you never need to make it. Yeah, yeah it's, it just reminds me of being a character in a video game where you have literally everything mm-hmm. and he's just like running around with just like a giant rocket launcher and all this equipment on him. And like little grenades bouncing on his, his vest as he runs. <laughs> also, adorable. Does all of the action happen within 2 days? Within 11 hours, pretty much, right? Pretty much all within yeah, a, I like guess 11 hours. Yeah, like one has to be. Well, like there's hours. an overnight scene, Although that, Yeah, that doesn't really Well, it could make be a like sense, a late really. a late trip. But you know? then the next, yeah. where the yeah, battle okay. scene, well, the point is, is all of it happens within a very short period of time. Yeah. Um, and, well, yeah, because like once the guys come to his, oh, I got to say one of my early favorite scenes are the is the first kill when the guys um who disguise as a like mm-hmm. as like oh, garbage, yeah, garbage people also, come to take the trash and shit bill now. duke bill yeah. duke he yeah. was also in predator with arnold two years later yep. uh he's become he's 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 around a lot of places he's also a director yeah uh, i just saw one of his movies this week that was that's was pretty good yeah um the one of the targets who's waking up with his wife because uh, they hear the garbage truck and they're like, fuck, we didn't put the trash out. And I was yeah. like, oh, I've been there so many times. <laughs> but then there's this detail where he has to go into his kitchen, he takes the cat, yeah, yeah, kitty yeah, of yeah, kitties, yeah. takes the kitty litter and he has to put it in the trash. Yep. And then he walks out like dewy eyed with the garbage. And <laughs> shoot him but all of those scenes yeah all of those scenes were so disconnected and you know nothing and you're just like what the fuck is happening (laughs) it's just kind of immediate chaos with bill duke at the wheel they were all scenes that were like seemingly not connected at all i was like are these all from different movies like so the trio rollout for those who haven't seen it yet Uh. it begins with uh with this uh this garbage day shooting it's like, and then segues right don't into. Don't trust um, the sound of the garbage truck rolling down your street. You're cold to sack. And then, yeah, within just another few moments, again, this right at the start of the film, right after the credits, or actually, it's before the credits. It's before it's no time. Um, no time. No. We cut to a car dealership where a guy is trying to sell uh, Bill Duke, that actor, a car, and um, Duke de- delivers a nice little action quip. Is like, you know what I like most about it? What's that? It's free. 
and uh, just starts just starts flooring it, or maybe he says the price. I don't remember. He says the, the price. price. That's right. Uh, but then floors it through the like pane glass of the dealership with a guy on top. Took just me back to him. Roadhouse. I know. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. that's a Roadhouse scene. Yep. And then right into a uh, you know this guy um, <laughs> who we later learn is Bennett, okay. uh, Vernon Wells, um, going down a dock and getting onto his like his like little house kind of boat and just like heading out to sea and then it explodes so as we know um you know arnold's team has been dispatched and there's quite a lot at stake when we need and then him. it just cuts to arnold and his daughter hanging out in the woods <laughs> but, the, but wait a minute With the, the opening cards? sequence yeah. of it's just his buff ass arm and i they was like sold zoom in. literally sold yeah. that's it I don't they're like this is what thing. the movie is yeah. that's all you that's need to what's know. up yeah but that toothy smile oh you know what it was unsettling I will say that. Also... Oh, Jenny. Hello. I didn't expect <laughs> you to sneak up on me. <laughs> and, you know, like, the his relationship with Jenny was ve- also very unsettling for me. <laughs> because it, 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 like, it was very weird and... and lots of kisses. It, mouth lots of kisses. kisses. Mouth kisses. <laughs> also, like, really not a real relationship between a father and daughter. This is what, like, macho men think that the relationship is supposed <laughs> yeah. to be like, my daughter, I love her, no <laughs> other men are gonna blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yikes. I wonder yeah. if anybody put sitcom music under the intro scene, whereas Dave <laughs> mentioned, so. like, feeding the, the deer with her and, like, <laughs> oh getting my God, the, the deer. deer. The music so at the beginning. Another, like, like amazing score with like incoherent oh, yeah. like so fucking many, instruments. So many steel drums in this movie. <laughs> yeah. It was the scene when he was trying to escape from the moving plane. Garrett's like, is that a steel drum? <laughs> it's can so we, bizarre. Can we just talk about that scene for a minute? Oh please. <laughs> Start to fucking finish. I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever watched. <laughs> we can't be like. How are you gonna do this? How are you gonna do this? And then it was like, oh, of course he's just gonna drop into the lake. No, I need. We need to start further back. Uh, we he asks for a pillow yes. and a blanket because yes. he right. knows, and he just and everyone's there, and he just twists the guy's neck, and then he neck. just and he just. And then it's fine. He puts the hat on his face. He puts the hat, and then he's like, uh, he's a, a dead sleeper. <laughs> Don't bother, my friend. He's dead tired. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You're like, shut the fuck up. Every, every one-liner. So good. I want to know what the flight attendants were thinking when, like, this dude for 11 hours has not been in his seat. <laughs> like, that was the thing, that's the thing I always I know, because really... he just has that throwaway line. They're like, you have to be strapped up. And he's like, oh. And like, Air like, sick. Yeah. And, and they're like, okay. <laughs> the thing that I always think about with this movie, especially as it regards the airplane scene, is every once in a while, as the action continues after that, it'll cut back to <laughs> his dead body on the plane. And it reminds me so much of Monty just... Python and the Holy Grail cutting yes! back to that guy who's so yes. my question is is when did TWA stop becoming an airline because maybe that movie was sort of like the end of that company I thought of Monty Python at the end too because like when action gets crazy and there are just bodies flying everywhere the way they're falling and the like screams sound like they're all from Monty Python sketches oh, they do. and yeah. I was like this is such a strange movie but but Sam to continue yeah I mean I'm please sorry. let's they, go back to back on the plane so he's dispatched the guy that's keeping an eye on him. And then, and then, so can you really get to the wheel of the plane through? <laughs> I don't think so. I was he very down, concerned like, about that elevator? plane going aloft. And the dog. 
He runs into oh, a the, dog. They just oh, yeah. stare at each other? In, in that, like, car, uh, cargo like, storage, that oh. dog's dead by the time it gets oh, yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to freeze to death. But, okay, all right. So I had a lot of anxiety about him when he finally gets to the wheel. Because mm-hmm. he's, like, holding on. And you're like, all right, well, this is the, the best time for you to jump. You're missing it. Right. You're missing the... Oh, way too long. Okay. Well, it's gone now. What are you going to do? And then you see, so the plane takes off. And then you start to see the land as if it's just like square bits. Like they are very high up. Oh, he's really high up. But then he drops. And he's, it's just, it is like 50 feet from the lake. Oh, at least. Yeah. But it, yeah, the cut from (laughs) the aerial view from the plane cuts and then cutting him falling into the pond. You're like. It's it was, so far. It it's, was a gentle fall. Yeah. And when he, he, he like falls into like the thrushes. And gets just right like, up. Into the marsh. And then just stands up. And after he's out of it, he's not wet. Right. In the next shot. <laughs> he's not. He gets progressively more wet as the scene goes on. Because he, I noticed that. And he takes his jacket oh, off. Oh, yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? But then and then after he's out, the yeah. next scene, he's dripping. <laughs> and then he, yeah, I, I was like, well, you know what? I don't even care. It doesn't even matter. No, and that's what doesn't. I spoke about earlier on this month is like the 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 frequency of like continuity errors specifically within the action genre mm-hmm. is hysterical yeah. because it doesn't really matter that these are problems yeah. because the the concept and the conceit is so absurd to begin with. But they are also funny to point out because they are so plentiful. Mm. You're like, I'm already here. Who cares? <laughs> I know. Um, we have to talk about how specifically one of the villains we have to talk a lot about because I have many feelings, but just in general. I'm going to kill you <laughs> But like in general, I was like, all of these people look so out of shape. And then there's Arnold. And I was like, yes. in what world is it believable that any of them are going to live in this movie? Yeah. It's like the little guy from fucking the Warriors Sully. is one of the bad guys, oh, and you're like, yeah. you're David so Patrick small. Kelly, I believe is his name. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there was actually he was in the scene uh, where uh, obviously Arnold confronts him and mm-hmm. tracks him down. This is pretty much uh, yeah, shortly after uh, he escapes from the plane. He tracks down him <laughs> first uh, to figure out where Jenny is, and he's uh, for. After after an exciting car chase, he, he's got him on this cliff and he's holding him by his leg over the side. And just uh, says to him, as he reminds him from a previous scene in the airport, Sully, remember when I promised to kill you last? That's right, Matrix. You did. I lied. Ah! And let's him, just <laughs> lets him drop. And we get to see this dummy and all its clearly defined dummy glory falling into this canyon. But apparently, um, uh, I, I forget who, but somebody, somebody wanted them to actually have Arnold dangle him. I believe it was the director, Mark Lester, mm. wanted him to actually dangle the the actor over the side oh, of the cliff whoa. by his arm, and Arnold basically responded with, "Are you fucking nuts?" <laughs> so they got a crane. Fair. <laughs> uh, there's also some great dummy work at the end of the movie when he like sets all these claymores <laughs> to yeah. blow up like a series <laughs> oh of like base barracks and towers and whatnot, and they they look like. Um, cardboard silhouettes colored with like black paint of people in front of them they're not moving they're like not well defined and then they're just like these cardboard things right in front of these exploding buildings to make it look like the people it looks the like, buildings a, it looks like, like a model train the buildings look like a little model train station yeah. the buildings exploded and Garrett immediately goes you don't know where your daughter is right? oh my god oh, I didn't even think of that and he's running yeah I thought about this that for the fr- I've seen this movie at least like 20 <sighs> times but thought about it for the first time this time as he's going into the, the mansion at the end just firing a shotgun as he says, Jenny? Because <laughs> as the viewer... Because 
viewer, you don't know where she is either. And then all of a sudden she's underground and you're like, <laughs> oh, I guess this is fine then because she's not around any of this other stuff. But I didn't know that for a very long time. And also after he kills Dan Hideo with a shotgun, which is kind of the big climax mm-hmm. before he confronts Bennett, which we'll get to. Um, Whew, so many We thoughts. hear Jenny shouting from like, we, we cut to Jenny shouting for him like, uh, dad, dad, or something like that. And mm-hmm. she's in this boiler room and it cuts back to Arnold who's like just looking like across this like like the villa into like this set of stairs mm-hmm. that apparently descends directly into a boiler room. Yep. <laughs> yeah, what's the geography of yeah. this mansion? Or any of the movie, really. <laughs> but okay, so I thought about that, you know, that you don't know where your daughter is when everything's blowing mm-hmm. up. But I had another moment like that earlier on with Cindy. So when she has mm. the fucking rocket launcher. <laughs> oh, that's so good. When they rob a sport, be a sporting goods store that sells rocket, rocket launchers, launchers? Question mark. So when she's trying to blow up the police, <laughs> like the police van, it, it just it, she shoots it. It hits. It flies in the air, and you're like, the person you're trying to rescue is in there. In my, like greatest... my thought too was, oh, she's gonna pull up next to them and just take one of the guns they stole and nope. be like, hey, get out. Absolutely not. And then she let him go, and I'm like, what happened? And then she pulled out the rocket launcher, and I was like, oh, well, clearly that was the explanation. But the best thing is that her first attempt, she fires it backwards, backwards. and she's like, whoop. <laughs> she just turns Whoa. it right around. Yeah, Although then a few forward. moments like, after the rescue is Arnold's, how did you know how to use that? And she's like, I read, I read the, instructions. the instructions. It's like, uh, did you? when? When did you do that? I yeah, was you watching it. you yeah. in the, while you were driving. It's like on the side of a space heater with a little, like, how do you sticker on it. <laughs> yeah. You get, how do we feel about Cindy? What do we think about her character? I mean, she's kind of, Whatever. she's sort of not really. Cindy's no good, horrible, very bad. In a... <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, yo, Cindy's hell repeat day. But also, <laughs> question cindy's motives like at the mall i was like what actually is your plan here because she betrays arnold for a minute and then like all of a sudden is like oops never mind i'm on your side Wait, okay. and starts like shooting people for him and she, i was like she betrays arnold but who first demanded that she go follow the guy who's already stalking yeah. her yeah yeah like takes over like Hijacks her car, pulls the, Rips the passenger seat, seat I out. I don't know why he did that. So it's that. like, I think her motives are like, who the fuck is this guy? But then, but the, can but that's I what trust I mean. him? Even if she like, but she didn't even commit to that. Where she's like, okay, this guy's fucking crazy. <laughs> Seconds later, she feels guilty and is on his side again. And I'm like, bitch, yeah. what is happening yes, here? But here? Here it is, adrenaline. And then she got a good look, and she went, <laughs> those biceps. Yeah, what's up? She had a second. You thought. know, I. Dirty security guard that's like, you want to go watch me kick some ass or something? Oh, he was cute, yeah. <laughs> and then what later when he sees him, was like, he's one big mother <laughs> Something to that effect, yeah. God, so many of these fucking one-liners. When John is fighting with, I can't even remember who, but Cindy goes, um, I, I like, truly, I cannot believe that this happened. And it's right after the exchange of when the bad guy goes, fuck you, asshole. And then um, John gets the upper hand and he goes, no, fuck, fuck you, asshole. <laughs> and Cindy so goes, good. these guys eat too much red meat. Yep. What? Ooh. Yep. Truly. Well, apparently all of her reactions to that sequence were uh, ad-libbed. <laughs> uh, including, Yikes. I can't, quote, I can't believe this macho bullshit. 
Which is maybe the best way to describe this movie. <laughs> yeah. I literally cannot believe it is this much of bullshit. It's incredible. Um, there's also a moment at the beginning when Arnold realizes that like his team is dying, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we got like the best guys to watch you and your daughter." And then Arnold like pauses for a second and is like, "Get down!" And then like they start shooting up the house. So I was like, "Oh, that's cool." Like he's he just heard them. Like he's nope. really good at this. Uh-uh. And then he like rolls over and talks to the other soldier, and he's like. Oh, I smelled them. And I, I was, was like, wind. how could you tell? You could smell them? You couldn't or something? Yeah. Yeah. And you're just like, wait a second. I was just like, be- I was like, oh, cool. Like he, he just like heard them or something. And then the more insane thing is, no, he smelled them in the distance. <laughs> what the fuck? Can we talk about this scene in more broad context also? So like that happens, right? And then you have like the, the black police officer or whatever mm. or whoever he is military person um somehow the next time you see him he is standing up right dead very dead mm-hmm. um and he falls onto john when he climbs <laughs> the roof as if it does not even matter like of course and he, so he falls on him and then like he just like fucking shoots the main bad guy and i was like wow but then immediately following that the car he, the car Oh, it's so good. But not just the... I can't. There's no words to explain. <laughs> Garrett was like, scene. I think this is a car commercial. They're like, look how much our truck can like deal with. Yeah. <laughs> See, what essentially happens is, yeah, they, the team has uh, basically already already left with Jenny. Um, and this last guy is there basically explaining like the blackmail concept and the ransom is like, look, we have Jenny. You're going to have to go along with this plan, right? And Arnold, of course, quips, wrong, and shoots him in the brain. <laughs> Uh, then he goes out to check his truck to chase after uh, the rest of the guys, finds that um, all the cables in his truck have been cut. So he puts it in neutral and shoves it down a mountain while he's in Amazing. It. Yeah. <laughs> Ingenuity. It cannot be stopped. And it, it literally, every moment you think, oh, sure, they're going to hit now. Nope. He just keeps going. <laughs> he, keeps he keeps going. And finally, it does turn over and it, <laughs> it explodes. It's immediately in flames. <laughs> and he climbs out of it somehow (laughs) and then the guys he fights a few of the guys that have assault rifles but one of the guys pins him down and delivers the line so expertly is just don't move motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) and then you get to meet bennett and bennett there's so much to say about bennett Uh, like a question I want to ask is: Is he wearing chainmail? A chainmail vest, <laughs> or yarn, or plastic? Is like it, it just—it looks chainmail like chain vest mail. on top of a black. It shirt. It looks like he took like an outfit from the Warriors that the other guy had <laughs> and put it on, even though like there's no way in hell that man dresses that way, and he's also like supposed to be equals with Arnold, and he <laughs> is the most out of shape character. He is he is very flabby. He is wearing leather pants while he's supposed to be in battle with people. What the fuck is Bennett? Like And the chainmail doesn't even help him in the end because mm-mm. spoiler alert, Arnold throws a giant pipe right through his chest with the best line. That's a great line. Ever. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> through our exploration of Bennett, yeah, we'll we'll get to that one. But yeah, Bennett is in essence, uh, it's Vernon Wells. Um, Vernon Wells got the part largely because of his performance in Road Warrior. He plays um, one of uh, the Lord Humongous's men um, against Mel Gibson's Mad Max. 
um, and does it really great. He's just sort of like he, does, he barely has any lines and just yells the whole time and is really expressive and emotive. Uh, so it's given this part after um, uh, Mark Lester, the film's director, uh, fired the guy who was originally cast for him, but they didn't have time to adjust the uh, wardrobe. So when Vernon Wells showed Ooh. up. He was wearing clothes that were considerably tighter than they should have been, considering uh, considering his physique versus the person that had actually been cast, which is why it looks kind of so like awkward and sort of dumpy. Oh, they yeah. had to have been able to find another <laughs> outfit. I'm sorry. Literally anything else. I mean, I did appreciate that all of the villain crew had a very distinct type of wardrobe, yeah. but like... The whole time I was like, dude, like, no, like, there's no way you're wearing that. He also emotionally overplays the character quite a bit um, to the degree that it has raised speculation among uh, diehards of the, of the franchise as to whether or not there had been a relationship, um, like an intimate relationship dynamic between <laughs> Matrix and Bennett in the past, Interesting. Um, which has, it was even um, to a degree uh, explored by uh, the actress who played Cindy, uh, Ray Don Chong, who basically mm. has said something to the effect of like, I mean, come on. He's just like one of the village people. Like, yeah, like they, and the way he acts, the way those characters are, they've got a thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, the character and the director, or the character actor Vernon Wells and the director have both kind of denied this, uh, describing Mark Lester it being more of trying to capture a quote unquote punk rock look, while um, the actor Vernon Wells described it more as Freddie Mercury on steroids. Oh, Jesus Christ. Ugh. That's insulting. <laughs> so, so, all of it is very confusing. <laughs> But at any rate, uh, the character of Bennett, yeah, is, is really... I mean, that sums up the identity crisis <laughs> that I saw on screen. And just so, so much, yeah, just so much yelling. Yeah. Like, he just becomes, like, so alive in the presence of, uh, of Matrix as his, like, foe, but also as yeah. his teacher. But oh, he does get very turned on at the end of the movie. He's visibly turned on. Yes. <laughs> it's the way I've heard it described before and agree with. Um, and, yeah, they get into, like, this big row at the end where it's, like, he's killed off. Well... I'll return. I will return to the army fight because that's a whole thing. But um, the Rose Garden army fight. <laughs> well, yeah. Let's just. I guess let's go in order. So first, um, to to round out the movie, he finally finds out where Jenny is. He goes to his island, and um, again, rather than rather than any of the story that we've been explained as far as like this espionage plot, he's just gonna go kill everyone and kills <laughs> everyone. everyone. Can I interrupt for one second? Oh sure. So when he getting ready and he is like putting his outfit on and he puts like all the like the war paint on <laughs> you know i thought he was wearing a t-shirt and so like he wouldn't have put war paint on his chest that like outlined <laughs> his pecs no actually not somehow he loses his shirt and then you see it's all on the chest should surely that should have wiped off worn off while he was like fighting and wearing the t-shirt no 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 it does there. not he also goes unscathed against an army yeah, of like a hundred. When he <laughs> throws the knives, that he like whoops, and it just just happens to hit both of those people right in the neck. Also, <laughs> seconds later, he hits someone with a knife, and it looks like it's spring loaded. Like, yeah, Dora was like, "What was that weapon?" And I was like, "I'm sorry, I've moved past that. I've seen two <laughs> other things since then, so I can't even comprehend that." Or how about when he takes the the circles uh, saw the blades? He's in a shed and he throws one and it slices the, the shed is my favorite. top of the guy's Scouts head. Guy, yeah. He gets into the shed and it pans past every item he is about to use to murder people. <laughs> and it is beautiful. It's the best. 
A guy gets an axe to the groin. Ugh. Another guy gets his arm chopped off. Ooh, which, yeah. Um, the chop off dude. On, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, and the arm chop was one that apparently uh, Arnold himself approached the studio execs and said, like, what do you feel in the scene? I beat him with his own arm. <laughs> and basically the executive was like, according to Arnold, said something to the effect of, get the fuck out of my office. <laughs> uh, I, that arm chop, I felt that. That was, that was really uh, something. It's this brutal dispatch of this army, which is like, I think probably like 10 stunt actors playing their de- different deaths over and over again. Yeah. Especially because every time he throws a grenade, these two guys do this like really like recognizable like somersault action. Mm, yes. Oh. <laughs> also, this is still like young enough Arnold's that like he is he doesn't necessarily know the lines he's reading, right? Um is oh, he would be. I mean, he spoke English very. Yeah, he would have spoken okay. English very well by '85. Yeah. Mm, okay. But I wasn't sure because I like. You I think know this it. Was, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's one of those things. Like I feel like you slowly do start to notice, but I was like, I wasn't sure if this was still early enough where he was like reading lines like phonetically or not. Yeah, no, this would have been well enough into his career. Okay. His, you know, his study of English. Yeah. Okay. He says, "I'll be back in no. this he one." Does. He does. Yeah. Was that? Uh. Yeah. What? What? what came first terminator terminator was, was first okay so this was a nice wink at terminator yeah and also someone in there I, I i can't remember who it is they say hasta luego and i was like really expecting hasta la vista <laughs> and i was like is this <laughs> he, he, he says hasta just... luego yeah yeah so i was like i was like him, did he just say like what's up <laughs> Like, what is this? So I was really waiting for it. I'm like, and I actually Googled, does he just say the same things in every, all of his movies? (laughs) He's got his go-to lines. He just recycles them. It's in his contract. Mm -hmm. He just has them written on his hand. I mean, now they have to say them in any Terminator movie. Right, right. Yeah, ever since then. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, and then that brings us really to the Bennett's fight, where where it's him versus Matrix. In case he has Jenny, um, he's killed Dan Hedaya, so he's basically he's destroyed an entire army. I believe the kill count for Arnold it ranges between I've read eighty, I think eighty one and one hundred and six people. <laughs> Impressive. I've tried to keep count and have lost count before multiple yeah. times, so I'm not sure. But um, but finally he comes face to face with Bennett, who I guess was kind of like the darling of his like. Uh, his commando crew um, even though he's now visible like by contrast visibly out of shape and Matrix convinces him Arnold's character um, to face off uh, man to man like you know like get rid of that chicken shit gun and I'll tell you what if I'm up against Arnold Schwarzenegger what no I don't care what shape I'm in I'm keeping my gun if you want to win that battle you're keeping the gun but then, uh, yeah, Bennett has this sort of emotive freak out. The two of them start fighting. Um, the fight goes through several different motions. They're, like, in a boiler room kind of space where, or, like, a foundry where they're held mm-hmm. up against, like, fire. Uh, Bennett is thrown into this, like, completely, like, unsecure electrical equipment and, like, does, like, a Home Alone 2, like, shock thing, out of which That's he rolls into a punch. Yeah, it's almost like it charges him. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I was they, like, "Oh, that's what kills him." Nope, never mind. That's the <laughs> that thing. Wrong. They introduced yeah. the fire. I was yeah. like, "That's yes. how he's going." Yeah, and then he goes into the electric fence, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Okay, yeah, all right." Nope. They just keep raising the stakes. Just, I know. And then the fucking steam pipe. And that is ultimately how it ends. Arnold rips a pipe off the wall after Bennett uh, has relented and just grabs his Uzi and just shouts, "I'm not gonna shoot you between the eyes. I'm gonna shoot you between the balls." <laughs> sure. 
Um, and then Arnold just hucks this uh, the steam pipe through his chest, through the chainmail, through everything, impaling him on another pipe, mm. resulting in steam jutting out of the one impaling his chest. We see him uh, die, and uh, then of course, how 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 would we deliver it? So I suppose we'll all deliver it on three. That would be three, two, one. Let, Let off some steam, Bennett. <laughs> Ooh, big smile. Wonderful stuff. At which point Jenny is just like watching from the catwalk and just says, Dad! And is just so cheerful having watched him kill an entire army and a man before So much blood. Eyes. Can we talk about Jenny's performance? Oh, Alyssa Milano? Yeah. Alyssa Milano was fabulous in she this was resourceful mm-hmm. her character was written as resourceful at the end it's like she finds she's trapped in this like ballroom <laughs> and yeah. in, like the villa's was, ballroom like, is she crying like what's going on and i was like oh she's in a room with no furniture and she doesn't understand why because that was the first thing i was like why does this gorgeous room have nothing in it yeah <laughs> it's like a versailles ballroom uh and she finds a way to take the doorknob off and mm-hmm. use the other end of the doorknob to break open some uh, boards that have boor- like been and boarded why up. Why is this the only room in there with boarded windows? Did they do that be- for, for her? Jenny? Yeah. Yeah, she's being yeah, she was in there. Held captive, Duh. But she, she I easily escapes that. Was vi- her crying and her like burying her face in her knees? I was like, I'm with you, girl. Yeah. Like she was very good. I thought that was a stellar performance by Alyssa, Mil- like young Alyssa Milano, mm-hmm. and her outfit was. Yeah. Amazing. Great <laughs> jean overalls, high top converse, some great bracelets, mm-hmm. mm, great haircut. <laughs> Two things about this. One, the way she looked in this movie is exactly how Millie Bobby Brown looks right now. Particularly oh. in Godzilla, not to keep bringing him up, but we can um, talk about Godzilla. Godzilla. Interesting. Um, but also, I was vaguely named after Alyssa Milano. Oh my God. Um, Her character on Who's the Boss. Oh, I was gonna oh. say. I was like, "Wait, what?" Samantha Maselli. It's <laughs> your name, yeah. Alyssa. Vaguely, <laughs> Sam Lissa. <laughs> That's it. That's the secret. <laughs> <laughs> you thought it was pronounced Samantha, but it's actually, actually. Sam Lissa. <laughs> um, there's a moment I've been thinking about in this movie. Uh, it's the mall when he's trying to escape and like get out of the car, and he like punches a security guard with both arms. Did anyone register that? It was like a defibrillator punch. It was crazy. He just went boom. I was like, what the? That is a chest breaking Yeah, I keep thinking about it. This is like a like, it feels like like a Batman on ice thing or something. Where yeah. it's like there's like ten security guards that pile on him, and he comic like circle oh, in yes. a circle, and he just comically thrusts them yes, all off. He, him. he throws out his arms. The, he pulls the telephone booth up, and then they all get on top of him, and he throws all of them in the air. It's amazing. It's so crazy. Some kind of Adam West like kapow sort of. Yeah, they all go flying. There. Oh, John's he also like jumps on one of the like balloons and he flies into the elevator yeah speaking of strange spaces (laughs) one of many in this movie 80s malls are amazing was that mall decorated it had like yeah huge balloon yeah. Interior decoration. I don't know. Was it, was it some for some like party going it's like some on? Mall in there? of America. I think shit. that's what so all bizarre. 80s malls looked like. Uh, yeah, that was bizarre, but very useful when we had to very like useful. swing on them, slide on them. Yeah, something to distract the eye when other things were happening. Yeah, I was definitely thinking of a night of the comet. Your pick oh, for a while. Oh yeah, okay. yes. That's cool. 
Mm. I was thinking of uh, Paul Blart Mall Cop. When oh, am I God. not thinking about Paul Blart yeah, Mall Cop? <laughs> yeah, he, Paul Blart Mall Fart. <laughs> Paul Blart Darter. I had one of my students <laughs> tell me, like, they're like, I like that Mall Cop movie. It's funny. And I was just like, what? <laughs> I was like, oh, you're a child. I can't shame you. <laughs> but actually, I will. I was like, mm, okay. Well. Uh, the film, uh, I suppose, just kind of rounds out as um, as Connor, you and I were talking about earlier today, with a nice little moment where um, finally he's he's dispatched the whole army. He's killed everyone, like ninety people. Uh, and the and army's fine with it. Yeah, the, ar- the army. The army has his back. <laughs> the army has arrived on their shores after uh, their. They want to hire him. Their commander basically has said something to the effect of like, "What should we expect? World War Three. Um, they don't get that. They get there and they find that he's killed everyone. And uh, like, says, did you leave anything for us? Just bodies. <laughs> uh, and then there's this wonderful exchange where he um, he walk he walks off and you know yeah he solicits him to come back to the force and like you know we could really use you, John. Um, and John just kind of stares at his daughter and stares off at Cindy. Somehow uh, she's part of his future immediately now, I guess, or just. Whether Some or not she knows Stockholm that. Stockholm syndrome set up. <laughs> yeah. But, but deliver, turns back and just says, um, this was the last time. And I'm going to deliver these these three lines with the amount of time in between each line that were given in the film. So it's, <laughs> this was the last time. Until the next time. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> Flies off into the sunset. Which is like, so will long. there be a sequel? Big oh, pause. And like, <laughs> not a chance. And like Jenny and she hug, and you're like, you people have never fucking met before. <laughs> Why? Right? She's That's like, great. oh my god, I've heard so much about you. <laughs> and like, like how we've known each other detained forever. on some missile cruiser or battleship or. Also, yeah, this is like this is a diplomatic catastrophe <laughs> as far and as international politics go. Walking away. Right, like, I could not stop thinking about, legally, what's going to happen now? Nothing. And then no. I went, doesn't matter. Nothing. Hey, these commando, hey, an American these took, go off every day. An American took out some evil South Americans, that's all. Uh, government which, needed you know, know what? It's is kind of the last thing I did want to talk about real briefly before we round out Action Month, because I would feel remiss if I didn't bring it up. Um, I mean, we covered a lot with Action Month. We covered um, some things that really subvert the the genre tropes, such as really pronounced, um, really pronounced uh, presence of of women, such as uh, the movie we discussed last week via Emily Blunt and um, Edge of Tomorrow. Um, we also discussed that to a degree with uh, with films like Speed and, and just just some other action tropes that that are uh, that are uh, are so established. That when we find an exception, uh, it's worth noting, which I think we've done. The reason I picked this one, though, is because I think it, it kind of typifies all of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, in particular, um, something that I, I, I often listen uh, revisit or listen to when thinking about action movies. Uh, and you can check this out if you want, or maybe we'll provide a link in our socials. But there's a, a lecture by a political analyst uh, and cultural analyst uh, named Michael Parenti, who reviews uh, action films of this era. Uh, in a, uh, a piece that's called uh, Rambo versus the Swarthy Hordes, where he explores um, the longstanding American cinematic tradition of presenting characters who uh, who can be identified with in the sort of like white cultural zeitgeist, um, as opposed to, uh, to characters that are, are these hordes of nameless, faceless, anonymous people who are marked with otherness, this kind of xenophobic, um, observation of, of nameless henchmen, of waves of enemies, uh, all of whom are, are kind of 
caricatures of different ethnicities, um, and all of which present us with our sympathy being with these white characters, as opposed to begging the question of why are they under threat, and what, in, in particular, in situations where they they have projected themselves into into a situation. So it kind of poses it against. Um, like kind of wagon train films of like the forties and fifties, uh, John Wayne kind of pictures where, um, this man, the sense of manifest destiny is enough for us to sympathize with these characters, even though they're being, uh, besieged by these hordes of nameless, faceless, anonymous Brown people who, whose land there are colonizing and invading. So it's something that is really prominent in, in a lot of action film. And I think it's prominent here. Um, I mean, we're, we're, we're given this army at the very end that he easily dispatches of all of them seemingly like completely ill-trained or ill-equipped to handle one person, um, who happens to be this buff white guy. Um, he, they're, they're all themselves. I believe for the most part, most of the stunt actors in this film are largely white people wearing yeah, like, it's brown fake mustaches. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And the whole deal. Um, uh, we get Dan Hedaya playing, mm-hmm. uh, someone of South American descent. He himself, um, I believe Syrian. Um, so the, the whole thing is just sort of this mischaracterization of, um, of context and are, uh, are wanting this sort of, you know, invincible white hero to plow through wave after wave of these kind of faceless hordes. Uh, it's something, you know, Rambo is guilty of and other franchises. So how do we think that action films can do better or in the sense that even though this film I think is highly enjoyable does suffer from those problems it also doesn't have very pronounced female roles and things like that so how can action films moving forward do better with these things make the enemy be people who look or at least present like the majority people who aren't oppressed in any way Um, but also like don't include moments like at the very beginning where he's like, shouldn't they just call it girl George instead or all oh, the that boy George thing. Yeah. yeah. And mm. everything he says about rock music, like maybe they were right. So just like, don't do moments like that. Mm. I think I'd... what kind of popped into my mind. Um, we talked about Logan a little bit ago, but having consequences for actions that were done. Mm. Like Wolverine is very much just like, in the X-Men movies, like, white savior kind of person. And, like, he's this invincible mm-hmm. person who can regrow. He has a metal skeleton. But in Logan, that's sort of, like, his biggest weakness. So I think finding some way to, like, tie thematically, like, um, sort of, like, the flaws of what happened before. Like, these things seem perfect. So I think some kind of, like, thematic connection between, um, like, oh, conflict and, like... Consequence. Well, consequence. That's what yeah. I'm looking for. So some kind of consequences for previous actions whether mm-hmm. that was previous movies or consequences of society um, at I the like time. that I think it's also like as much as it's fun to watch these some of these franchises kind of dismantling the franchise as far as like I mean even just watching that open sequence in Casino Royale when it's like this British operative is coming up and completely destroying this embassy mm-hmm. um, like is it is it a named uh, country, like at the beginning of Casino Royale, I can't remember. I don't recall. It's just lots of uh, yeah. It's just it's set within um, uh, like a country with oh, pretty much all black characters, all black and brown oh, characters. I think it's and then is it okay? Uh-huh. So you've got explosion, tons of people die, and then even within the context of that movie, it's like 
a kind of funny quip for, or supposed supposed to be funny quip from Q being or from M being like, oh, you know, did you have to kill so many people? And it's like, okay, this is perpetuating this narrative of like essentially these lives don't white yeah, yeah like expendability ex exactly sort of like he should have been tried as a war criminal colonizing <laughs> powers continuing to just wreak havoc on these particular countries but and so i think it's like if franchises like mission possible or excuse me well it, like mission possible too <laughs> you've got uh, again like like operatives representing like western countries going in and trying to like save the day and like globe trottingly save the day and just like wreaking havoc in these particular countries i think it's like if the franchises are going to continue acknowledging that and trying to like change the narrative or like slowly say goodbye forever <laughs> to things that we might like find fun to watch but i don't know it's a good question it's, it's an interesting to think about it's especially yeah it's, it's it's different for it's difficult for me with this movie because it's a movie that i it's one of my most beloved movies i would put it in my top <laughs> maybe like my top i would say maybe top 10 if i'm going to include an action movie other than road warrior um but yeah it, you know it's not without its problems and i think that yeah, that goes for the action genre uh a lot of the time um not you know not to not not it's not to say that's not a problem in other genres, but particularly pronounced um, almost as tropes. So it's it's one to just think about, and um, and I think that the, this movie can be seen as like can still be enjoyed as like a time capsule of what the industry was uh, was was doing at the time and with hindsight, but it can also still be appreciated for its its pacing, for its tenacity, and for just kind of being an all out generally fun movie while still uh, exhibiting some some unfortunate characteristics yeah i don't mean to say say goodbye as in don't enjoy it's like a night like what we've done enjoy the hilarity <laughs> of like all the movies we've watched paired with conversation like what mm -hmm. we're, yeah with like what we're doing cool well i mean before uh before we wrap up i mean does anyone have any final thoughts uh about commando any final thoughts about action month uh anything they want to say before we uh we kind of wrap up and then move on this feels like the kind of theme that we could revisit mm -hmm. periodically. Oh, yeah. um, like... How about a Schwarzenegger um, on? <laughs> I would totally do that. Mm -hmm. Sold on that. Oh, man. I think the only other Schwarzenegger movie I've seen is Jingle All the Way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that wow. movie has some enjoyable moments and some <laughs> very questionable. <laughs> no, no. Kindergarten Cop. Never mind. I take it back. See, that's really oh, that's what great. I want to talk about. I haven't really seen that. Can I we feel do like one I should do that. whole month? <laughs> We're five episodes. <laughs> just we just devote one. We pick like we break it up into five scenes. Did you have a thing about that movie? I mean, we're we like yes, watching yes, it a lot. <laughs> this is like two Christmases ago, <laughs> where I actually watched Jingle All the Way. I watched Kindergarten Cop, and I watched Twins. Yes. Yeah, I remember. I Merry See, Christmas. I've never seen them, but I just make fun of like the concept of those movies, and then Garrett's always like, eh, "Well, Kindergarten Cop's pretty good," and I'm just like, "Okay." <laughs> oh it my is, god, it, it is, is good. I know, but I'm like, I was like, oh, "Okay." A young a Thora Birch. I mean, like Alyssa Milano is great, but Thora Birch and Arnold Schwarzenegger—that is a a movie is great. A match, it's a great movie. Uh, made in heaven. Mm. Hmm. Well, there may be more action coming. Then it sounds like. 
But in the meantime, uh, of course, you can always keep an eye on what we're doing through our social media accounts. That would be um, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, we also work on uh, some other projects individually. Uh, Cinema 76. I write stuff. I might have a review coming out next week for a movie that I'm very, very excited about. So, yeah. Uh, give uh, two shout outs to two podcasts started by friends of the show. Um, can't keep up is a new Kim Karda- Kardashian focused podcast uh, by our friends Margaret and Shoshana. Can't just... spell with a K, I believe. Correct? Exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they just got started. I think uh, at the time of this recording, uh, episode four has come out, so they're pretty new. Uh, so if you're into the Kardashians, give them a listen. Uh, and then Witch Path started by friends of the show, Listen Misty. Uh, talk about all things witchy. Episodes of them are coming out too. So I heard they're doing some um, like charts for serial killers. Pretty they are pretty mm. excited about that. Uh, risings and fallings and mm. moon signs, star signs, Great. all that. Yeah, well, so yeah, definitely give those podcasts a listen. And uh, I will say, if you're listening to this uh, on the day that it is posted, uh, if you're listening to it at least uh, before uh, twelve midnight. Uh, come oh, come hang out with me at uh at the Ritz oh, East. Yeah. I will be watching uh, a film screening of Cats, the 2019 masterwork, um, along with uh, presumably some other people that are in on the joke. So uh, come check it out if you want. Uh, I will be there. Oh yeah, if there are tickets still available, I think it's March 15th. No, duh, it's March 13th. It's Friday the 13th. Uh, Exhumed Films is going to be hosting an event at the Ritz, and they're doing the Friday the 13th uh, 3D in 3D. The third one? Uh, yes, they're Ooh, doing the third one. Um, it's at 9.30, uh, so we got tickets. We'll see if we actually stay awake through all of it, but um, that's cool, and I think they're like doing, um, they're like talking to people about like Jason and stuff too, so that's awesome. cool. Yeah. Nice. Well, you know, folks, as always, uh, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, feel free to uh, like, comment, or subscribe, or give us a rating uh, on wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, we will see you next time. I'll be back. <laughs> mm. Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man.